Bayard Rustin was born March 17, 1912 in West Chester, Pennsylvania, to Florence Rustin and Archie Hopkins, but raised by his maternal grandparents, Julia and Jennifer Rustin, as the ninth of their twelve children, growing up he believed his biological mother was his older sister. His grandparents were relatively wealthy local caterers who raised Rustin in a large house. Julia Rustin was a Quaker, although she attended her husband's African Methodist Episcopal Church. She was also a member of the National Association for the Advancement of Colored People NAACP. NAACP leaders such as W.E.B. Du Bois and James Weldon Johnson were frequent guests in the Rustin home. With these influences in his early life, in his youth Rustin campaigned against racially discriminatory Jim Crow laws. One of the first documented realizations Rustin had of his sexuality was when he mentioned to his grandmother that he preferred to spend time with males rather than females. She responded, I suppose that's what you need to do. In 1932, Rustin entered Wilberforce University, a historically black college HBCU, in Ohio operated by the AIM Church. Rustin was active in a number of campus organizations, including the Omega Psi Phi fraternity. He was expelled from Wilberforce in 1936 after organizing a strike, and later attended Cheney State Teachers College now Cheney University of Pennsylvania. Cheney honored Rustin with a posthumous Doctor of Humane Letters degree at its 2013 commencement. After completing an activist training program conducted by the American Friends Service Committee AFSC, Rustin moved to Harlem in 1937 and began studying at City College of New York. There he became involved in efforts to defend and free the Scottsboro Boys, nine young black men in Alabama who were accused of raping two white women. He joined the Young Communist League for a small period of time in 1936, before becoming disillusioned with the party. Soon after arriving in New York City, he became a member of 15th Street Meeting of the Religious Society of Friends Quakers. Rustin was an accomplished tenor vocalist, an asset which earned him admission to both Wilberforce University and Cheney State Teachers College with music scholarships. In 1939, he was in the chorus of the short-lived musical John Henry that starred Paul Robeson. Blues singer Josh White was also a cast member, and later invited Rustin to join his band, Josh White and the Carolinians. This gave Rustin the opportunity to become a regular performer at the Café Society nightclub in Greenwich Village, widening his social and intellectual contacts. A few albums on Fellowship Records featuring his singing, such as Bayard Rustin Sings A Program of Spirituals, were produced from the 1950s through the 1970s. At the direction of the Soviet Union, the Communist Party USA CPUSA, and its members were active in the civil rights movement for African Americans. The CPUSA, at the time following Stalin's theory of nationalism, favored the creation of a separate nation for African Americans to be located in the American Southeast where the greatest proportion of the black population was concentrated. In 1941, after Germany invaded the Soviet Union, Communist International ordered the CPUSA to abandon civil rights work and focus on supporting U.S. entry into World War II. Disillusioned, Rustin began working with members of the Socialist Party of Norman Thomas, particularly A. Philip Randolph, the head of the Brotherhood of Sleeping Car Porters. Another socialist mentor was the pacifist A. J. Must, leader of the Fellowship of Reconciliation for for hired Rustin as a race relations secretary in the late summer of 1941. 
The three of them proposed a march on Washington in 1941 to protest racial segregation in the armed forces and widespread discrimination in employment. Meeting with President Roosevelt in the Oval Office, Randolph respectfully and politely, but firmly told President Roosevelt that African Americans would march in the Capitol unless desegregation occurred. To prove their good faith, the organizers canceled the planned march after Roosevelt issued Executive Order 8802, the Fair Employment Act, which banned discrimination in defense industries and federal agencies. The leader of the organizers, Randolph, canceled the march against Rustin's advisement. The armed forces were not desegregated until 1948, under an executive order issued by President Harry S. Truman. Randolph felt that for had succeeded in their goal and wanted to dissolve the committee. Again, Rustin disagreed with him and voiced his differing opinion in a national press conference, which he later regretted. Rustin traveled to California to help protect the property of the more than 120,000 Japanese Americans, most of whom were U.S.-born citizens, who had been imprisoned in internment camps. Impressed with Rustin's organizational skills, A.J. Must appointed him as FOR's Secretary for Student and General Affairs. Rustin was also a pioneer in the movement to desegregate interstate bus travel. In 1942, he boarded a bus in Louisville, bound for Nashville, and sat in the second row. A number of drivers asked him to move to the back, according to Southern practice of Jim Crow, but Rustin refused. The bus was stopped by police 13 miles north of Nashville and Rustin was arrested. He was beaten and taken to the police station, but was released uncharged. In 1942, Rustin assisted two other for staffers, George Hauser and James Farmer, and activist Bernice Fisher as they formed the Congress of Racial Equality Corps. Rustin was not a direct founder, but was later described as an uncle of Corps. Corps had been conceived as a pacifist organization based on the writings of Mohandas Gandhi, who used nonviolent resistance against British rule in India. Kaur was also influenced by his protege Krishnalal Sridharani's book War Without Violence. As declared pacifists who refused induction into the military, Rustin, Hauser, and other members of Fellowship of Reconciliation and Congress of Racial Equality were convicted of violating the Selective Service Act. From 1944 to 1946, Rustin was imprisoned in Lewisburg Federal Penitentiary, where he organized protests against segregated dining facilities. During his incarceration, he also organized FOR's Free India Committee. After his release from prison, he was frequently arrested for protesting against British colonial rule, in both India and Africa. Just before a trip to Africa while college secretary of the four, Rustin recorded a 10-inch LP for the Fellowship Records label. He sang spirituals and Elizabethan songs, accompanied on the harpsichord by Margaret Davison. Rustin and Hauser organized the Journey of Reconciliation in 1947. This was the first of the Freedom Rides to test the ruling of the Supreme Court of the United States in Morgan v. Commonwealth of Virginia that banned racial discrimination in interstate travel as unconstitutional. Rustin and Corps Executive Secretary George Hauser recruited a team of 14 men, divided equally by race, to ride in pairs through Virginia, North Carolina, Tennessee, and Kentucky. The NAACP opposed Corps' Gandhian tactics as too meek. Participants in the journey of reconciliation were arrested several times. 
Arrested with Jewish activist Igel Rudenko, Rustin served 22 days on a chain gang in North Carolina for violating state Jim Crow laws regarding segregated seating on public transportation. In 1948, Rustin traveled to India to learn techniques of nonviolent civil resistance directly from the leaders of the Gandhian movement. The conference had been organized before Gandhi's assassination earlier that year. Between 1947 and 1952, Rustin also met with leaders of independence movements in Ghana and Nigeria. In 1951, he formed the Committee to Support South African Resistance, which later became the American Committee on Africa. Rustin was arrested in Pasadena, California, in 1953 for sexual activity with another man in a parked car. Originally charged with vagrancy and lewd conduct, he pleaded guilty to a single, lesser charge of sex perversion, as sodomy was officially referred to in California then, even if consensual, and served 60 days in jail. This was the first time that his homosexuality had come to public attention. He had been and remained candid in private about his sexuality, although homosexual activity was still criminalized throughout the United States. Rustin resigned from the Fellowship of Reconciliation because of his convictions. They also greatly affected Rustin's relationship with A.J. Must, the director of the four. Must had already tried to change Rustin's sexuality earlier in their relationship with no success. Later in Rustin's life they continued their relationship with more tension than they previously had. Rustin became the executive secretary of the War Resisters League. Later, in Montana, an American Legion chapter made his conviction in Pasadena public to try to cancel his lectures in the state. A few weeks before the March on Washington for Jobs and Freedom in August 1963, South Carolina Senator Strom Thurmond railed against Rustin as a communist, draft dodger, and homosexual, and had his entire Pasadena arrest file entered in the record. Thurmond also produced a Federal Bureau of Investigation photograph of Rustin talking to King while King was bathing, to imply that there was a same-sex relationship between the two. Both men denied the allegation of an affair. Rustin became involved in the March on Washington in 1962 when he was recruited by A. Philip Randolph. The march was planned to be a commemoration of the Emancipation Proclamation 100 years earlier. Rustin was instrumental in organizing the march. He drilled off duty police officers as marshals, bus captains to direct traffic, and scheduled the podium speakers. Eleanor Holmes Norton and Rochelle Horowitz were aides. Despite King's support, NAACP Chairman Roy Wilkins did not want Rustin to receive any public credit for his role in planning the march. At the beginning of 1964, Reverend Milton Galamison and other Harlem community leaders invited Rustin to coordinate a citywide boycott of public schools to protest their de facto segregation. Prior to the boycott, the organizers asked the United Federation of Teachers Executive Board to join the boycott or ask teachers to join the picket lines. The union declined, promising only to protect from reprisals any teachers who participated. More than 400,000 New Yorkers participated in a one-day February 3, 1964 boycott. In the spring of 1964, Reverend Martin Luther King was considering hiring Rustin as executive director of SCLC, but was advised against it by Stanley Levison, a longtime activist friend of Rustin's. He opposed the hire because of what he considered Rustin's growing devotion to the political theorist Max Schachtman. 
Shachmanites have been described as an ideologically cultish group with ardently anti-communist positions, and attachments to the Democratic Party and the AFL-CIO. At the 1964 Democratic National Convention, which followed Freedom Summer in Mississippi, Rustin became an advisor to the Mississippi Freedom Democratic Party MFDP. They were trying to gain recognition as the legitimate, non-Jim Crow delegation from their state, where blacks had been officially disenfranchised since the turn of the century and excluded from the official political system. DNC leaders Lyndon Johnson and Hubert Humphrey offered only two non-voting seats to the MFDP, with the official seating going to the regular segregationist Mississippi delegation. Rustin, following a line set by Schachtman and AFL-CIO leaders, urged the MFDP to take the offer. MFDP leaders, including Fannie Lou Hamer and Bob Moses, angrily rejected the arrangement. Many of their supporters became highly suspicious of Rustin. Rustin's attempt to compromise appealed to the Democratic Party leadership. After passage of the Civil Rights Act of 1964, Rustin advocated closer ties between the civil rights movement and the Democratic Party, specifically the party's base among the white working class, many of whom still had strong union affiliations. With Tom Kahn, Rustin wrote an influential article in 1964 called From Protest to Politics, published in Commentary magazine. It analyzed the changing economy and its implications for African Americans. Rustin wrote presciently that the rise of automation would reduce the demand for low-skill, high-paying jobs, which would jeopardize the position of the urban African American working class, particularly in northern states. He believed that the working class had to collaborate across racial lines for common economic goals. His prophecy has been proven right in the dislocation and loss of jobs for many urban African Americans due to restructuring of industry in the coming decades. Rustin's biography is particularly important for lesbian and gay Americans, highlighting the major contributions of a gay man to ending official segregation in America. Rustin stands at the confluence of the great struggles for civil, legal and human rights by African Americans and lesbian and gay Americans. In a nation still torn by racial hatred and violence, bigotry against homosexuals, and extraordinary divides between rich and poor, his eloquent voice is needed today. Rustin received numerous awards and honorary degrees throughout his career. His writings about civil rights were published in the collection Down the Line in 1971 and in Strategies for Freedom in 1976. Bayard Rustin died of a ruptured appendix in New York City on August 24, 1987, at the age of 75. President Ronald Reagan issued a statement on Rustin's death, praising his work for civil rights and for human rights throughout the world.